Welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, with your host, Hurricane H. New day, new show. Uh, one of my favorite topics we're going to have today with an awesome guest. Our guest is plenty of things. <laughs> uh, she's a coach. She's uh, an author. She is a motivator. She's a speaker. And she also has some interesting things that, that she's done, some incredible challenges, or I would say, uh, uh, like I would call them Guinness records for me, but you know, maybe they're not, you know, that way, but, but they're definitely, you know, uh, achievements that, that very few have done. And, you know, we're going to talk about all that. And her main theme is a theme that we all need to really pay attention to is how to live longer, healthier, happier with a full life of vitality and, and just, just like being uh, a good, you know, uh, body, soul, mind, the whole nine, right? I mean, you, we can live long, but but the idea is to live a healthier, long life as opposed to live long and suffer in the meantime. Anyway, enough said, you know, uh, I mumble sometimes, but, you know, what any further ado I have with me, uh, Tracy Herbert. Tracy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's so fantastic to be here. I look forward to spending some time with you today. Are we going to spend a whole hour of fun and <laughs> and stuff? But first things first. I mean, I I I do a brief introduction, but never gives justice to who you are really. So, and the best one that can do that is you. So, Tracy, give us a little bit about Tracy. Uh, you know what got you into the work you do today, and because uh, it's phenomenal stuff. And I know you and I, you and I got a brief intro before the show, and you thrive in this. This is something you enjoy. Is you want to help people be better. And, and frankly, that's that's exactly what we want. We want just as many people to get this vibe from you and, and advice and insights. Hopefully, they can apply that in real life and, and get a better life. So, Tracy, your story. I was 17 years old, lying in a hospital bed in ICU, fighting for my life. I was hearing the beeps of these all these crazy machines and everything, IV stuck in my arms. And the doctor walks in. He puts his hands on his hips. And he says, young lady, you're going to be dead in 20 years. You're going to die with horrible complications. You're going to go blind. You'll have your legs amputated. You're going to have, you'll be on kidney dialysis for the rest of your life. And then you're going to never be able to have any children. And as he's turning around and walking out of the IC room, ICU room, he said, oh, and by the way, you have to take several shots a day for the rest of your life because there isn't a cure. You've got juvenile diabetes. And he laughed. And and 17, I'm laying there going, what, what, what? What did he just say? I never knew anybody with diabetes, didn't know anything about it. And I just kept saying, I'm going to die in 20 years. I'm just a kid. I don't want to die in 20 years. I had my whole life mapped out in front of me. And then I started through the uh, two, two and a half weeks in the hospital. Everybody kept telling me the same thing. You're going to die in 20 years. You're going to die with horrible complications and life isn't worth living. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. So when I got out of the hospital, I'm trying to live a normal teenage life, you know, learning to give myself shots and trying to figure this all out. And I was getting ready to go to a movie with all my friends and my mom reminded me when I was running out the door, Tracy, remember, you can't eat anything. Now, she didn't say it because we didn't have the money or she didn't say it because she was mean. She just was helping me learn the discipline with living with diabetes because back then the meal plans were totally different than they are today. So just like you did with your friends, you walk into a movie theater and instantly you... You smell the popcorn and, you know, all my friends were getting the popcorn, the candy, you know, the soft drinks. 
And when it was my turn, I asked the concession stand clerk for just a small cup so I could get a, water, a cup of water out of the drinking fountain. And she looked at me like I was from outer space. And I said, no, 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 I'll be glad to pay for this. And this was way before diet soft drinks, way before bottled water. And she said, no. And I was crushed. I ran out of the movie theater screaming, crying. Why me? Why me? Everything in my life was saying, you can't, you can't, you can't. And I'm driving home. I got in bed and I'm sobbing. A 17-year-old kid realizing life is over. And I said, Tracy, you've got two choices. You can be better or you can be bitter. What are you going to choose? That moment, my life changed. And I said, I'm going to be better. And I've lived now 47 years with this diabetes diagnosis. And I live every day with the idea that I'm going to be better and not bitter. And so what I started doing was I started going to the medical school libraries. Again, this was way before the internet. And I started researching everything I could on how to live a longer, healthier life despite my diabetes. And it was so fascinating with what I was learning that I wasn't hearing from all these medical doctors that were telling me the same thing. And I started believing, wait a minute, Tracy, you can do this. You can do this. And so for years and years and years at this time, I'd been researching and trying different things on me. I always say I'm a guinea pig because I try things on me first before I even have my clients try it because I want to make sure this is actual science and it works. And then in my mid-30s, I started feeling really sick and old, 30s. And I started feeling like, well, maybe the doctors were right as I was coming along with my 20 year anniversary of my diagnosis, in mid thirties, you shouldn't feel this way. And I do have two children by this time. So I was worn down with kids, but everybody, all the doctors said you couldn't have children. Not only do I had two, two, two healthy children at that time, but I, they were also very healthy. And so I started researching again and I started realizing what I'm eating, just talk for breakfast, the healthy diet, for breakfast in America, it was not working for me because my blood sugars would spike and then they would crash. And this happens for everybody with or without diabetes. And when your blood sugar crashes, that's when you realize you have no energy, but also you're more tempted to eat the unhealthy foods. So with my researcher's cap on, I started trying different things, doing what they were doing around the world. I started eating salads, healthy proteins, healthy fats, and I started feeling better. So in the middle of the day, I'm having more energy than any of my coworkers. And people are asking me, what are you doing? So I'm telling them what I'm doing. And then I'm doing the same thing then for lunch. Because, you know, people go out for pizza or Italian food. And the same thing happens after lunch. What do they do? They reach for a soft drink or they reach for candy because they're exhausted. Again, their blood sugar spikes with or without diabetes. And then it crashes. It's when that crashing happens is when you just absolutely lose control, but also don't have any energy. And I started transforming my diet. And then I started having more and more energy. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm on to something then. And then a couple of, uh, maybe about 10 years ago, I wrote my first book. And it's based on medical research on living with diabetes. And it all came down to my 3M formula. Because when you start thinking about why am I still alive and what am I doing? It all boils down to these 3Ms. And 
If you don't hear anything else today, listen to this because this is critical. Mind, you have to have the right mindset and realize you can do anything you set your mind to. You could have an apple versus a donut and you're going to be so much happier that you did have that. You can get out of bed in the morning and exercise. And then instead of hitting the snooze button, you have more energy where you're going to be more productive throughout the day. And then the second M is mouth. We have to learn to eat to live. Don't live to eat. Because when we choose foods that hurt us and doesn't help us, we're going to be sitting there exhausted and tired and not wanting to do anything. And the third M is move. We have to get out of our chairs and move more. And these three M's, if you look at it like sprockets, they all work together. So if you have the right mindset, you're going to start eating the right kind of foods, which then in turn will help you start exercising more. And I'm not talking about running marathons or anything. I'm just talking about simple little things that you can do every day to get more movement in your day. Take the stairs instead of the elevator. Park the car further away. But when you start eating healthy, you have the right mindset, then you start moving more. It, your whole body is just holistically so much healthier and so much happier. That's why I have more energy in my 60s than I had in my 30s. And it's amazing when I meet these young people or I have six grandkids and they're always like, how are you doing this? And our kids are like, can't keep up with us because they're not following what we do at our house. And what we do is we eat to live, don't live to eat. And we move more. We do something every day. And I've been exercising some form or fashion for almost 47 years every single day because I need that to live with my diabetes. And my blood sugars are in perfect, not perfect, but really well controlled because nothing is perfect in this life. Perfection doesn't work, obviously. Is this? <laughs> but but you know when you know when I spoke you know when I speak to especially doctors and I spoke at Harvard a few years ago and I got off the stage and the doctors were asking me how are you still alive and what are you doing and I knew then okay I'm doing something right because people are beginning to ask me because technically I'm not supposed to be alive but I am because you and I are sitting here talking but you know it's amazing that I have none of the complications that were guaranteed to happen. I have healthy children and I'm just living life to the fullest and I have more passion, more energy today. And as I look forward to my seventies, I'm like, huh, what am I going to do then? You know, because I'm just going to continue to have more energy. Am I as fast as I was in my forties running or riding my bicycle? Of course not, but I still get out there and compete against all the youngins all the time. <laughs> well, 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 Tracy, uh, first of all, uh, I, I just want to salute you for 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 I guess not not challenging but proving you know that we can't just tell people that you're gonna die you know I mean yes the the science can say one thing but it's really mm -hmm. up to the human to do what's mm -hmm. necessary to do that and your story I think it's it's more than than uh, a message of hope to everyone watching and listening right now and uh, diabetes or otherwise as a matter of fact mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean ultimately first of all I, diabetes and i are close and not, not, i don't have diabetes personally uh but i can't have it because of you know uh you know genetics because my mom mm -hmm. is diabetic and i have been with my mom living with diabetes for the last 30 plus years uh and you know it's difficult to manage you know mm -hmm. and you have Very to do difficult. a lot of things now of course you don't watch your food and if you don't exercise things get a little bit worse but mm -hmm. your story started you know early on and you know I, my mom got it when she was older but 
in your case, you're young. I mean, you said it. I'm 17. The world is mine. And mm-hmm. and it's like you get this news that is destructive. Like it's like uh, the doomsday message. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're doomed. You're out. You know, that's it. You have no future. And to be honest with you, like I, we hear about bed, uh, you know, what is it? Bedside manners. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I am I am not a big fan of when doctor tells you the worst, right? Uh, you know, I, it, it is a practice that is in, in, in the West more than in some other mm-hmm. parts of the world. Yes. You know, in other parts of the world, they kind of break it down to you like, well, we need you to do more and stuff because, mm-hmm. but they don't tell you like, listen, you have three months and you're out. I, yes. <laughs> I mean, if, if 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 that was intended for us to know that we're going to have three months or seven months and eight months, we would have already known when our expiration date would be and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd give us a, a privilege of not knowing uh that way right you know so we don't have to because it's like you know the what is it called the anticipation of that is worse than that itself right you can't you know unfortunately it is practice that is very common and not everybody takes it the same way now somebody else could have made not literally a decision to end their life and that was it i mean that could just be that right right Uh, you know and and for our people watching and listening this is exactly you know a good way to look at it you know no matter what you hear Mm-hmm. There's always second opinion, third opinion, and mm-hmm. or do whatever it's necessary to 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 thrive and survive, right? Mm-hmm. And and make it work, triumph, you know, as your book states, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and it's far, you know, it's very possible. I mean, I've heard these stories before, but we have you right in front of us sharing this, and I know you've shared this over and over in national television and different places, mm-hmm. and you're the writer, you know, you did all these things. Mm-hmm. And, and you just spoke at Harvard and, mm-hmm. and I, that's big, you know, stuff, you know, and the, when the doctors are questioning you, that's a big deal. But, exactly. but what you've done is what anyone can be doing. Exactly. You know, whereby you, you picked up some good practices for life. Mm-hmm. And those practices, by the way, to your point, diabetes or not, we should all have them. We should exactly. be healthier. We should not, you know, like you said, we need to eat to live, you know, not live to eat because mm-hmm. unfortunately we do that. We live to eat mm-hmm. most, you know, everybody's eating everywhere, anytime, no time, you know, that you just, you just, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, showing on stuff, you know, you're watching mm-hmm. a movie, you're crunching, you're binge eating mm-hmm. left and right. We go everywhere, snacks, 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 and none of the stuff is healthy to start with. I mean, no. you look at the ingredients. I mean, we had the discussion a couple of days ago where I really, I, I, I am today more than ever looking at every single uh, what do you call those uh, ingredients in this, these mm-hmm. products out there? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you're you lost in the list of ingredients. You're not sure what you have in. And you can't even find really healthy food these days. It's very difficult. So mm-hmm. it, the balance of that is difficult. Uh, you know, there are sacrifices. You had to make all the cer- the, the necessary changes in your lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned the, th- the three M's. And, you mm-hmm. know, of course, that's the first thing, mindset. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and that actually applies to everything, folks. Mm-hmm. You want to live a healthier, happier life overall. Your mindset has to shift to think everything positive. Exactly. Uh, the minute the minute you have negativity, it's not going to support you know everything positive in your life, mm-hmm. and therefore everything else can fall. Whether it's your business, your health, your relationship, all that stuff you know goes downhill when your mindset is in the, the wrong side. Oh, and it's a simple look, you know, turn from left to right, mm-hmm. and you can do it. Now, is it easy? Of course not. I mean, it's not as simple as as what I did. I made it simple, but the fact is, is a choice. And, and, you know, we hear it all the time. And if you listen to any motivator or, or inspirational talk, uh, this is exactly, it starts with mindset. And mindset mm-hmm. is just that, but you still have to take the action. You know, you can make like, okay, I'm going to make the determination. We're going to make changes, but it takes 
you know, more than just talking is the walking, right? In your case, you not only walked, you run, you cycled, <laughs> you did quite a bit of that, right? You know. But the thing is, though, when you start believing that trash, that negative stuff that, you know, we all think negatively, you have to replace it with something positive. And, you know, I'm a big believer when I say something negative, I have to say po five positive things afterwards, because we can all get in that negative spiral real quick. And so I don't ever do that. And the, actually, the doctor, I think that everybody wants to beat up the doctor that gave me my diagnosis. And I'm like, that was the best thing that happened to me because it got me set as a 17 year old saying, not going to happen to me, not on my watch. And now in my mid sixties, I still have that attitude. They're like, you're not acting like an older lady. I'm like, I'm not an older lady. You know, it's all in the mindset. You know, it's all go back to, you have to make choices in life and you can have the unhealthy snacking. Like you were mentioning earlier, you could take the bag of chips to your chair and watch TV all night, which we do that sometimes. Everybody does. But what you want to do is instead of taking the whole bag of chips and start eating mindlessly, which was what we do, you know, put a few of those unhealthy snacks on a plate and then set the snack aside and say, I'm not having any more. So you already have a plan. And then you just eat the snacks, a little bit of snack instead of eating a whole bag of chips or cookies or whatever it is you're going to eat. It's really not difficult when you start feeling so much ener more energy and Usually with my clients, it takes them about a couple of weeks, maybe 10 days to two weeks. And then they're feeling horrible because they're giving up all that processed food. They're giving up the sugars and stuff like that. But then once they make that transition, then they're like, man, I have so much more energy. I feel so much better. Bam. That's where you want to be. And that's why it's so much easier. It's a challenge to prepare, but you have to be prepared in order not to fail. And it's the same thing. You know, a lot of people in their thirties right now are horribly, horribly unhealthy. And I would love to share it. Can I share a story with you about a lady I met on my bike ride? Please. Okay. So we want to hear those. <laughs> okay. So to make it clear to everybody, so to celebrate, and I use quotes, celebrate my 40th anniversary of my type one diagnosis of diabetes, I, I do something every decade to celebrate because I choose to be better, not bitter. I decide to ride my bicycle from the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. And then I finish at the Brooklyn Bridge in New York City. And then on the Dr. Oz show. And about the third day, second day on my ride, I was waiting for the light to turn green in Sacramento. And just I just had that gut feeling. I kind of happened to look at a lady who was sitting at the bus stop. And she said, must be nice to be able to ride your bike across a city. And I said, well, actually, I'm going to New York City. But I got off the bike and I started talking to her. And she was the sweetest lady in her, in her early 30s, morbidly obese. She had the prettiest smile of anybody I've ever seen. And she was telling me she was so embarrassed because she was waiting for her brother to come around the corner from their house to pick her up because she couldn't even walk a couple of houses away from the bus stop to go home. And she was so sad and so depressed. And so the health coach in me came out and I started talking to her and I said, could you go next door and walk to your next door neighbor's house? I can't. Everything I said, she said, I can't. And I said, could you walk to the end of your driveway? And just for a split second, she said, I think I can. And that's all it took. And I said, okay, walk to you into your driveway and rest and walk back. The next day, do it again. You know, eventually go further and further, you know, walk maybe twice. And then when you're good at that, you know, walk next door. 
and then walk the further, you know, the next house down, the next house down, and then walk to the end of the street and then walk around the block. I mean, it's just simple things that we all know, but she had no confidence or no hope. And as I was riding into New York City, I got a text message from this sweet young lady. And she said, I have to tell you, I just signed up for my first 5K walk. And y'all, that's 3.1 miles. The same lady who couldn't even walk two houses down to get home had to wait for her brother. She had just signed up for her first 5K. And she said, Tracy, I didn't even think about losing weight. She said, the weight is coming off of me and I'm really not making any changes except I walk every day and I walk all the time. And that's what I tell people is start small. It doesn't have to be a bike ride across the United States. It doesn't have to be a marathon. It doesn't have to even be a 5K walk. But walk to your, into your driveway, find something you can do. It may just be getting up and down off your chair a few times without using your hands. You know, find things that challenges you, but not too much because you want to have success. And that sweet lady, her life has changed. She always says, my life changed because I met you. And I'm like, no, my life changed because I met you because you're actually doing it. And her life exemplifies her family is now healthy. I mean, her neighbors are healthy. I mean, the, the ripple effect, not just a sweet young lady, but the whole entire community of hers is now getting healthy. And that's what it's about. I mean, it's just simple things like that. Find things you enjoy and do them. Because if you enjoy it, you're going to do it over and over again. Just like food. I mean, there's some food that's healthy that I can't stand. I don't need it. If I don't like it, I'm not going to eat it. There's some exercise I can't stand. I don't do it because that doesn't work for me. So find activities you enjoy, find the right kinds of foods, and you're going to be shocked how much more energy you have, how much further you can go in just a few short weeks. It's not rocket science, but we try to make it because we tell ourselves, I can't. Just like that sweet lady, I can't do it. I can't do it. No, you can do it. Start today and just do one little thing. Just walk to your driveway. And that's, I, I mean, that was just, that was one of the highlights of my ride. I mean, I had highlights like that throughout the whole entire trip, but that's a great example of how somebody who was stuck in their stinking thinking transformed from I can't to I can, and now is thriving like no other person I know. Well, Tracy, I have to say, I mean, anyone watching you or listening, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just like, you know, you know, holding my hands here and watching you. I mean, the talking about energy, mm -hmm. it just it just oozes through that. I mean, to my screen, literally, it's coming up, and you can hear it, folks. You know, if you're watching or listening right now, you can see that energy, and it is not. It is first of all passion. I think you have passion yes. for what you do, yes. Yes. and and so that that kind of really just you know projects on its own. But but really, you have energy physically, and that's because of your practical habits that you've mm -hmm. you established over you know forty plus years. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that's, that's, you can't take that, you know, uh, uh, lightly folks. I mean, and I love the example that you've given of this particular, you know, young person who had this, you know, weight problem that mm -hmm. took one conversation and, and a spark took place and the rest is history. Mm -hmm. And actually we all are capable of that. And, and mm -hmm. you hit on, on a big concept of people stuck with the impossible. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's all, oh, it's difficult. And yet you can just switch it in an, I can. And and I love what you said. It takes one step. Mm -hmm. Start with mm -hmm. the first step. Everything. Mm -hmm. A marathon starts with one step. A sprint mm -hmm. starts with one step. Business starts with one step. One step, one degree. These are the things that can make a difference. One step at a time. And then the inside. You said, I mean, 
you don't have to go to these major events and do big stuff. I mean, you mm-hmm. can literally stand, you know, in front in front of a TV and just keep, you know, walking on on, on the same mm-hmm. spot. I mean, like in place. You know, mm-hmm. you can jog in place. You can, you know, jump in place. You can do all kind of these movements. You know, and by the way, you don't have to like, to go crazy and you know right. do hit training and you know you mm-hmm. can build to that stamina into that mm-hmm. cardio business, and and it will you know you will work for you. And again, it's all about that mindset concept, the change. Uh, you know, and I love the the your philosophy do not be bitter be better mm-hmm. and i you know and i think all of us we sometimes we need to hear these things i mean listen i hear you this this actually amplifies my own person right you know because i hear this stuff it keeps me pumped i want to be just like that because the more you hear positive the more you're gonna lean towards positive the more you exactly. hear negative so so you gotta cut off anything negative that's coming it's like you know you gotta turn 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 down and tune off or turn off your actual feed from that frequency that is completely mm-hmm. bad and just keep that dish you know receiving the good stuff and this is oh, the good yeah. stuff and, and better is better than bitter i mean mm-hmm. you know, better 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 <laughs> is better than bitter. Okay, <laughs> I, I, that came up. Yeah, I don't know where, but but you know, it's funny. But but it's fact, right? You know, you mm-hmm. want to be better, mm-hmm. and 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 what's the point of being bitter about life? I mean, yeah, it's 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 negative. It's gonna keep like you know. And by the way, we're talking psychology one on one. The more mm-hmm. you say bad things, mm-hmm. the more your mind's gonna like make those things real, and that's who you become. Mm-hmm. And and it's not me saying it. This is stuff. I mean, I've had so many shows about these discussions you know, about, you know, with some experts about these and psychiatry. Mm-hmm. And it's really the same thing. It's really your mind is is the most powerful tool that we have. And it does absorb whatever you hear and see. And if you feed it the right ingredients, it's just going to like flourish. If you mm-hmm. feed it the wrong, it's just going to like collapse. What you're doing right now is really giving our audiences in the world. And you've been doing this for years and years and years, decades. You know, first of all, you've proven a lot of people that they have to think twice <laughs> about these things and they should, you know, maybe I have to say if that doctor is still alive and they, they should just tell you, they should have told you like right now, they say, you know what, next time they meet someone's like, listen, you have this, but you can make a difference. See, I yes. think that's, that's the plus. And mm-hmm. if there's a doctor watching, I love my doctors, you know, mm-hmm. this could be a very easy, you know, way of saying it. Like, listen, you have doomsday message here. But mm-hmm. there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You can make a difference. We have real examples that can make a difference. And that's all there is. Once you start, because if I if you give me that hope, you know, hope is powerful, right? It's exactly. gonna change. If you lose hope in life, that's it. I mean, the, mm-hmm. you will actually destroy your own self because then mm-hmm. you know what? I'm dying anyways. It's word, you know, let me just finish it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you start mm-hmm. doing the opposite where you're gonna take all the bad ingredients, all the bad food. And and then now everything is like instead of twenty, it becomes ten, right? Right. <laughs> you know, you'll exactly. just make it quicker. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and that's not something we want. We want just mm-hmm. a reinforced positivity. That listen, it's bad, but there has been a lot of experiences, a lot of cases where this didn't mean anything, and people live a healthy, longer life. Longevity mm-hmm. is there with mm-hmm. vitality. It's not just longevity, but vitality is attached to that. So, so those are like key elements. Now, now I want to talk about that. Your 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 cycling experience. I mean, what gave gave you? I mean, was that something that you planned as a? I mean, you said it. This like every decade you did something different. Mm-hmm. But what? Why San Francisco <laughs> to to New York specifically? And oh, I guess you had the show with Doctor Oz. But, mm-hmm. but was it planned that way, or was just it just happened to be like uh, we had the show and let me just do it this way and make a difference? 
No, we didn't have anything lined up. I didn't even know Dr. Oz read one of my, or his producer, one of his producers read one of my press releases. I, when I was in Chicago, I got the phone call from his producer saying, hey, we'd love to have you finish the ride on our show. You know, oh. could you make these days? But we had no plans at all, except I, I knew I wanted to go from coast to coast. Because anything, I mean, anything else is kind of wimpy, I guess. I don't know. I thought, you know, if this if this old lady, and I'm not old, I don't consider myself old, but that's what I told a lot of these kids that I spoke to at the hospitals and of community centers and schools and things like that. I would always say, if this old lady can do it, what's keeping you from doing it? And so I started at the Golden Gate Bridge. Actually, my daughter's the one that recommended it. She said, go bridge to bridge. Everybody knows the Golden Gate Bridge. Everybody knows the Brooklyn Bridge. You don't have to explain anything. And so that's where I went from there. I just knew I was going to leave California, the Pacific Ocean, and arrive somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean in New York, you know, but had no plans. But, you know, it goes back to when I left the Golden Gate Bridge. If I would have sat there and said, I have 3,527 miles until I reach the Brooklyn Bridge, I would have been overwhelmed. But instead, every day, I told myself, I'm going for a bike ride, just like we did as kids. And it became every day, I would get inch and inch and inch closer to New York City. And a mom who, um, her daughter at the time was six years old, had had been living with diabetes, the same kind I have, type 1 diabetes, for four years. So she was diagnosed at two years old, and she had already given up hope on life. And the mom was saying, we're so excited to watch your journey across the country because it's giving my daughter hope. And the she went out and bought her daughter a map of the United States. And then she cut out a pair of um, a, a bicycle with scissors and then my head. And she tracked me along the whole entire journey. And so every day I thought, she's on my team. You know, you have to have the right support. You have to be doing things for a reason. That's why I always tell people, hey, get out and find somebody to walk with. Don't walk by yourself all the time because you need somebody to make that accountable. You know, so when it was tough, you know, climbing over the Sierra Mountains or th something like that, I knew this little girl was on my team and I knew I had to keep going. So it's the same thing in life. You know, don't expect to ride 3,527 miles or even five miles on your bicycle, but break it down and say, you know what? I could ride around the block this week. And then maybe next week, two blocks. The same exact thing, like we mentioned earlier, one step equals huge results. You just have to go every day, but don't lose hope and keep focused on why you're wanting to reach your goals. Now, I can't tell you what goals to reach. I can't tell you do this for, or even your doctor shouldn't say, you got to lose weight because blank. You have to have it internally to know why you want to change, lose weight. So you tell yourself, why do I want to lose weight? Is it for a vacation? No, that's not good thinking. No, I want to live a longer, healthier, more active life. That's the kind of thing you want to be. I don't want to sit on a rocking chair in my 70s or 80s and watching life go by. Now, some people may want to. I don't want to. I want to be out there backpacking. I want to be trekking across the country again on my bicycle because I love doing those kind of things. My husband and I just backpacked to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. You know, that's 10 miles straight down and carrying all your food, all, carrying all your supplies. And then we hike back out. You know, was it easy? No, we do it every decade. It was much easier in our 40s. And it was even easier in our 50s than it was in our 60s. But you know what? We did it because we knew what it took and we just do it to make sure that we can keep 
going the way we want to. We don't want to spend our time sitting on a rocking chair. And it's so sad because we have so many friends over the years that are our age and they talk about things they can't do. Oh, my knee hurts. My hip hurts. My back hurts. I can't do anything. And I keep my mouth shut because the health coach in me wants to come out. But I sit there and I say, (laughs) could you do something? No, I can't. Well, Unfortunately, a lot of these people eat a lot of sugar, eat a lot of unhealthy foods, and are overweight. And not realizing if you cut back on some of those things and start losing some of the weight, you might not hurt as bad. You know, there's technically nothing wrong with their skeletal system, so they don't need knee surgery, they don't need hip surgery or back surgery. But they're not willing to even think about it. Instead, they want the negativity about, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. It's because I'm old, I'm old. And I'm like, you're not old. Anyway, but you can't make people do it for them. They have to make the decision. I can't force somebody to do it, just like you can't, you know. But you have to find people that are willing to partner up with you and encourage you. I always like to use the example, who's going to text you at five o'clock in the morning or whatever time you want to get up and go for a run or a walk or something? Find that person. And then when you don't do it, they ask those tough questions because that's going to help you take control of your health so much more than just doing it by yourself or because, oh, my doctor said I need to start walking every day because I need to lose some weight. Not going to work. Does that make sense? Well, it does. And first of all, I think everybody knows what makes sense. Let's be clear. I -hmm. mean, we all know someone's getting weight they know that here's the first thing you will actually feel you can't bend down to to tie your shoes mm-hmm. no your pants are tight you know you you have to change your wardrobe things you start seeing the change the change you have no you're really heavy you can't walk up the stairs listen i mean I, i've experienced weight you know uh gain at a point in my life where i went mm-hmm. about 40 40 pounds over what i need to be and and I felt my knees were hurting. I couldn't even climb the stairs. You know, it was mm-hmm. just getting you. You know, like nothing to your point. Skeletal wise, everything was good, but the, the weight is playing a number on your joint. And mm-hmm. when I and I, it, it was almost by by default. I was just like, you know, okay, whatever. I was just chilling and not doing anything. And I I did all the bad things in that year, and mm-hmm. I realized it was not. And then it took me a couple of years to actually get back to what I needed to be because you know it's very easy to gain. It's a lot harder to lose. Yes. You have to pick up those habits and mm-hmm. definitely training was part of that. I mean, you have to train, you have to do, and if I, we're not talking about intensive training. Like you said, walking is like mm-hmm. the most common thing. Uh, and if you did it every day consistently for a period, um, at least half hour to an hour, if you can mm-hmm. pull it off and you can do a lot of things, not walking, you can listen to, to books, you know, you can mm-hmm. listen to podcasts, you can do business. Like, you know, now we mm-hmm. were talking about you're crossing, you can still work. You know, when you take a pose, you can do some stuff. You can call people, coach them on you. A lot mm-hmm. of things can be done. So it's not very difficult with the technology we have. It's mm-hmm. not even difficult. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, and, and Tracy, you said something very, very powerful about your journey, for example, from, from the Golden Bridge to to the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you said is that I didn't think about it at 5,327 miles. You know, you thought about it like I'm taking a bike ride on a day-to-day basis, one day at a time, mm-hmm. one, 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 you know, a piece of, uh, you know, segment at a time. And mm-hmm. and by the way, that is exactly what any journey to success is. You right. know, you, first of all, there's a couple of things there. One, you said the goal. 
Now, the mm-hmm. goal is the vision. That's like mm-hmm. where you, you have. And that goes mm-hmm. for business, goes for personal mm-hmm. goals, for everything. Mm-hmm. And then you have these sub goals that are in there, you know, that every day you're going to have a little achievement, you know, mm-hmm. you know, one piece at a time. And that's what you do. So you set a five-year term goal, you know, a, a, a cross-country goal, a marathon goal, whatever. And then you build mm-hmm. one mile, two miles, three miles, and you build. Mm-hmm. And if everybody listening, watching, you apply this rule, it, it, this is a golden rule. It's a worldwide rule. It works. It's mm-hmm. worked for everybody that applied it, and it will always work for you. It, because I love what you said. You get overwhelmed. You see that journey. Oh, my God, I'm going to climb to Everest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a big mm-hmm. mountain. But if you climb one level at a time, you're not looking at Everest at tip. You're looking at the next you know, uh, plateau where you're going to go, and then so on and so forth. And you're going to go mm-hmm. one level at a time. Mm-hmm. It's that, it's a simple. And, and, and I love what you said about the support system. You had... You know, people that were cheering for you, that were part of your journey, and so mm-hmm. you you owed it, you owed to them that mm-hmm. you want to do that, and in a way you felt that way because now this is not about me. This is about I'm giving motivation to some people. So now you have mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. reason, another mm-hmm. objective that's helping you know and giving you that catapult, that nice push towards you know achieving and really finishing you know the mm-hmm. the, the objective or the goal of getting to Brooklyn. And, and again, you, you're giving advice to people as well, and. This is the thing, like when you train people, you learn more from your training. You actually re- retain more. And if mm-hmm. you talk about these things the same way, those things become part of your vocabulary. They become also part of your work, you know, flow. I mean, it's like it's you can't. The more we hear about it, the more you're going to do it, the more you're going to practice it, the more you're going to be part of your life. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said about, you know, age. And you and I, we had a brief discussion. It's a number, folks. You right. know, y- your age is how you determine it to be. You can be in the 30s and feel like in the 50s. You can be in the 60s and feel like in the 40s or 30s. It's mm-hmm. it's it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you know there are some genetic things. There are, you know, and that, mm-hmm. you know, physio- physiology does have an impact to right. to the level of things. You're not the same stamina. Your hormones are different. Everything mm-hmm. can change over time. Mm-hmm. But if you support it with the right stuff, as you said, you put junk. Mm-hmm. Your body is running on on bad fuel. You put mm-hmm. premium. Your body's going to run on premium, and so mm-hmm. it's going to give you more, you know, premium life. And that's the other thing. Like you, you said it, you can decide to, I'm just going to be lazy and live my life. And, you know, you're not going to live your life. You're going to survive your life in pain. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, that's a choice, folks. You know, we're not telling mm-hmm. you you have to change. If some people are like, right. well, who are you to tell me, like, you know, I mm-hmm. love my life. Well, do you really love? And that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Do you love mm-hmm. your life, really? I mean, I guarantee you, if you look in the mirror and you, we all do it, right? We all wake mm-hmm. up, you know, we shower, mm-hmm. do stuff. We look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know when something is off. Right. <laughs> right. Know, we all have this discussion like, oh, uh, something is off. You know, I'm uh-huh. getting old. I'm getting white hair. I'm getting. We, we, we ask these things and we talk. We have self-talk, you know, to ourselves, you know, and you know when, you know, your body is not looking right or you're feeling wrong, or you're pain. And so, like, what am I doing to contribute to this? That's really mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. if you ask these questions, you will quickly find the answers. And the answer is yes. like, I got to make a move. And the can'ts are not going to do it. You know, the don'ts are not going to do it. The impossibles are not going to do it. You know, I, I just put something the other day. As a, I was testing uh, an AI app and uh, I put a little bit of a quote, you know, from an AI character. And all it says, it, basically, it was, um, they said it was impossible. I said, watch me. And that was really it. But really, I mean, you've heard that, you know, folks, you probably heard this over and over. It's all over the place. And I was just testing on this particular AI to see if it really works the way they 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 stated on on social media. But but that message resonates. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like impossible is impossible, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's how you look at things. Again, mindset shift, change. 
it, we all have the capability, folks. We might be right. just, you know, voicing it to you. So if you're watching or listening right now, you're just hearing this. And sometimes you probably heard this before over and over and over. But redundancy of hearing stuff makes it a habit, just like mm-hmm. it is. You know, practice makes mm-hmm. perfect. The mm-hmm. more we hear it, the more it becomes our part of our vocabulary. I mean, I talk about this almost every week, and it's become me. I mean, literally, you, you got to see me talking to my kids and my, 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 you know, my wife and I are very similar. And that's the other thing I was going to tell you. You have also a significant other spouse that is mm-hmm. aligned with your mission. You guys mm-hmm. do things together. You said we went down the canyon. Mm-hmm. You said I went down the canyon. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, which means that, and you said we did it in the 40s and the 50s. Now I know that you did you said it automatically because it happened. And 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 the fact of the matter, it's it's that's another thing. Like your support system is the people around you have to also buy into your mission and work towards the same. If not, you're going to have issues. So, you know, I'm going to pose it. I'm going to pose there. (laughs) But, you know, what's interesting, though, is my husband, and he's given me permission to share this, is, you know, he has lived with me for a long time, and he knew what I believed. He knew he could hear me coach sometimes, some of my people, and he would not believe it. He'd be like, nope, 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 nope. Anyway, then all of a sudden, one day, that light bulb went off and he started getting healthy. He started asking me questions. I didn't tell him. I waited for him to ask me. And now what, 25 years later, he's off the, he was overweight. He's like 30 pounds overweight. He's lost the weight. He's kept it off. He's off all three of his medications he was on. And he's living a life now in his late sixties, like he should have in his forties, but he didn't even know what would have felt like in his forties because he was not doing what he should have been doing. And so he loves everything about this because his goal is to keep hiking and keep backpacking as long as he can. So, you know, we all have different goals. But speaking of goals, you got to understand that when you set goals, you have to expect setbacks because they will happen. And you just have to pick yourself up and say, okay, maybe I didn't eat the right kind of foods that day, or maybe I didn't exercise. But that next moment, change your mind and say, okay, I messed up. Now I'm going to move forward. That's the thing about setting goals is so many people fail and then they say, I can't do it. Well, nobody's perfect, like I mentioned earlier. So that's one of my recommendations is realize in advance that you're going to slip back and you're going to have a setback. So take that setback and then move forward with it. Well, thank you. And, and setbacks are huge. And I mm-hmm. think that's really what people are afraid of. Yes. See, people anticipate setbacks up front mm-hmm. and therefore mm-hmm. they 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 almost like Oh, I can't do this. There's too many. It's like if you look at all the barriers, you're like, oh, that's too steep. I'm not going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. But think about there's no setbacks. And if they happen, you deal with them. I mean, you mm-hmm. chop them slowly, but really you can remove them one piece at a time and you can do it. Uh, yeah. I, I'll give you an example. In in my neighborhood, and this is going to be silly, but you know, they, they don't pick up big items. Like, you know, when I lived in New York, you know, on Thursday, you can put anything outside and the, the, the sanitation will come in and take, you know, big box stuff, whether coat, you know, couches and whatever. So in Jersey, we don't have that. So it's private. So what I do for every time I have something big, I break it down to pieces. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> then yes. I just break it down to pieces and then they take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So so again, that, you know, it's an example, but but really it's a big thing. Now I can look at it or I can break it down and just, you know, remove it slowly, but truly. And it's in a couple of times it'll be gone. But mm-hmm. the key is it's still gone. It's not in front of you. And that's exactly an example of yeah. real life stuff. You will see it. You set a goal. And you will anticipate all the bad moves and, you know, all the things that happen. And and those that you anticipate, sometimes you can figure out solutions. But there are things that come, you know, uh, unknown. I mean, they just happen. I mean, you, you don't know about them. They just, you know, show up. In mm-hmm. business, it happens all the time. You mm-hmm. think that you have a whole good plan and then boom, something happens. 
Listen, we had a big setback in, in three years ago. It's called, you know, pandemic. Yeah, yes. No one realized that it would happen. Nobody even, I mean, maybe some people, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going political here. But but when it happened, nobody realized how bad it would be. But, mm -hmm. but you know, we survived it, folks. If mm -hmm. we're listening again here, we have survived it. And I mean, it was tragic. We lost a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, no one expected that. And right. the world still had to adjust to it. And individuals mm -hmm. had to adjust to it. Families have to adjust to it with loss or no loss. We all had to suffer through it somehow, but it's just how the resilience, you know, lived on, right? We worked through mm -hmm. it, you know, whatever the circumstances are, I mean, through hospitals, everything. I mean, it was difficult for everybody. And that's just an example that was global, but everybody's mm -hmm. going through the same. When I was on my bike ride, I was leaving Truckee, California for Reno, Nevada, and it was only supposed to be three hours, according to my GPS. And about Four hours later, I'm thinking I'm in nowheresville and I had to get off my bicycle and I had to carry my bicycle up a mountain, huge boulders, huge boulders. I was out of food. I was out of water because I was only supposed to be three hours. So by this time, it's like six hours. And I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? I had no cell service or anything. When I got to the top of the mountain and I could look over, that I had self-service and I thought, okay, I could call the park rangers and I could say, I need somebody to rescue me, but my ride would be over. And I thought, Tracy, that's a town down there. It may not be Reno, but you get yourself down there and you'll get GPS again. So I climbed after climbing up that steep mountain and I'm climbing down, sliding over these big, huge boulders, but I didn't give up. I realized I knew setbacks were going to happen. Like they did the entire ride, but I knew it in advance so I could prepare for it. And then I kept going and made it, finally made it to Reno, but it only took me eight hours instead of three hours because I climbed a mountain. But you know what? I made it and the ride could continue. So whatever you're struggling with, little things like that, just keep your eye on the prize. And for me, I would visualize, I'm a big visualization person. That's huge for anything, business, health, anything. But I would visualize when I was really tired or really having a hard day, I'd visualize New York City in my mind. And so I'd keep pedaling every day, getting closer and closer to New York City. Well, thank you. I mean, so so basically it was a detour. Exactly. And, 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 and alive, you're going to have detours. It, it, mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's no linear, there's no direct line. I mean, although, you know, in quantum physics, you know, they say like, what is, like, you always hear this question, what is the nearest, you know, <laughs> distance between two points? And they basically put a straight line. But if you take mm -hmm. a page and bend it over, you know, like to the extremes, you basically, you know, kind of bend time and space, whatever. There's, mm -hmm. there's quantum stuff in there. But the idea is in real life, you know, you think it's a long, you know, straight line. But there's always something you know that can happen that detours mm -hmm. you whatever and it happened to you you lost you know your gps and you were like in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. but you could have literally you could have said okay it's over and mm -hmm. that's the key word giving up uh, you know mm -hmm. people sometimes they just give up too soon mm -hmm. and you know again you know i always refer to this the you've probably seen this meme or picture everywhere on the net you know where the, the guys dig in for diamonds and you know and then he decides to walk away to leave. And it was literally just behind the next hit. And mm -hmm. you never know when that's going to hit. Right. Mm -hmm. But once you're into something and you have your goal, don't don't stop. You just keep going. Mm -hmm. You'll hit it no matter what. It might take longer. Mm -hmm. You might listen. We all guesstimate stuff. We think five mm -hmm. years is the timeline. Maybe it's not five years, you mm -hmm. know, because, you know, there's there's factors that sometimes you don't know, you know, or mm -hmm. things can happen. There's delays. There's many things that can happen, but it will happen as long as you're in it, you're going to win it. Now, I love the eyes on the prize kind of concept, and the visual, vi visualization is a is a powerful tool. I use it. I mean, again, 
uh, I was interviewed about, you know, my, my media company and like, you know, what would I see it and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I literally can see the awards. I can see things. I mean, I'm, I'm sharing mm-hmm. it now and, 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 you know, time only will tell. There will be a day where there will be the NBC Network Awards and there will be a gala and all the stuff. And we're going to have a good time about this. We'll invite all our guests and we'll have, you know, top podcasters and top guests. And But yeah, that's how I see it. Now, mm-hmm. is it going to happen tomorrow? Maybe not. You know, mm-hmm. I'm working towards it and we're going to go there one way or the other. I can see, you know, slowly but surely we get in there. And I'm not going to give up on it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's that. So I'm just giving an example for me. And mm-hmm. this applies again to your point in every single situation in life, mm-hmm. in your situation, in your family. If you have a relationship, mm-hmm. people give up too soon in their relationships. They don't want to mm-hmm. make them work. You know, at the first bump, oops, now, okay, we're splitting. You know, uh, people do that with, with family members. People do it at work. Yeah, the first, you know, oh, I'm quitting or the job. You got to give it your best. And once you give it, you know, all the way and there's no more moves, I mean, it's like a chess game, right? I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of ways to play. But there's a point where it's checkmate, right? You know, mm-hmm. and you go to that point, but but you can't give up before you get to that last, you know, move. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. Exactly. Uh, so 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 now now I want to talk about the diabetes piece. Mm-hmm. What are the contributors in today's world for diabetes? I mean, you've you've probably done quite a, done quite a few quite a, a bit of research in the subject, and you wrote the books and all the stuff. You know, what have you, you know, noticed over the years? I mean, ultimately, you had the juvenile, you know, diabetes type of concept. That's actually, I think, genetics. Uh, am I? Except, no, you're right. Typically, I didn't have anybody in my family that has ever had it. So I oh. got the flu and the flu attacked my pancreas. Long, long story. But anyway, but I, yeah, nobody in my family has had it. Typically, people with type 1 diabetes are diagnosed as children. But not now. Even ladies and men in their 60s and 70s are being diagnosed with type 1 juvenile diabetes. It's the craziest thing. Now, type 2 diabetes, or what we used to call adult onset, is prevalent. That's 95% of people with diabetes have type 2 diabetes or adult onset diabetes. And most of the time, but not all the time, it's lifestyle related. You know, eating the ultra processed foods, not getting the exercise, you know, those kind of things that we've talked about throughout this, you know, this interview. But the thing is, though, what's so sad, in my opinion, is now children are being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, adult onset diabetes, and it's so correlated with screen time. They're seeing more children that spend more time in front of the screens are having an increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes, which was unheard of even in the 80s and in the 90s. But if you go back and you look at pictures, I grew up in the 60s, and these people in the 60s and 70s look totally different than they do today. We're talking body style, you know, totally different. And whatever the reasons, there's a lot of controversy out there, but we don't eat the kind of foods today that I ate as a kid and even as a teenager, because we were eating at home all the time. Our grandparents, our mothers cooked for us all the time. You know, today, if our grandparents or our grandmothers or our mothers were still alive, most of the stuff in this box foods, they wouldn't even know what that meant because that would be foreign to them, all these processed things that we have. And so, so much of it is environment. We have a lot more toxics in the environment, but The most important thing is if you don't want diabetes, which trust me, you don't, is you want to really watch what you eat. 
and watch how you exercise. And if you have prediabetes, which unfortunately one in three Americans have prediabetes and they don't even know it. But what's exciting is with people with prediabetes is you can totally reverse that. And sometimes even type two diabetes, but prediabetes, just do intermittent fasting if you're not on any kind of medication to lower your blood sugar and go, you know, eat dinner at six o'clock or whatever time you normally eat. Don't snack. I mean, we never snacked as kids when we were growing up. And then don't eat again until noon or whatever time you want to eat breakfast. Most of the days I eat dinner at 6 p.m. And then I don't eat again until 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. That works well for me with my diabetes, though, but it really works well for my body because I'm very careful with what I do to my body. But there's so many people that instead of saying, oh, I just want to take a pill because I don't want to do the exercise. I don't want to do the work that it takes. And I say exercise. I don't mean physical fitness. I mean the exercise and having the mental clarity to take control of your health. It's so simple but not for people with type one diabetes and what I have, what used to be called juvenile diabetes. That's just hit or miss. You know, yeah, you can maybe prolong it a little bit by eating healthy, but not really. 99.9999% of the people with type one diabetes get it instantly. And they're in the ICU just like I was, and their life has changed instantly. And without insulin, I die. I mean, everywhere I go, my bike ride across the country, backpacking, I carry insulin with me so I can take insulin every day throughout the day. Because again, without it, I die. People with type two diabetes, most of the time, they don't start off with insulin. They start off with maybe oral medication. Yeah, metformin, yeah. yeah. And that's the number one thing. But the thing is though, if they don't learn the strategies. Oftentimes that'll result in then having to start taking insulin shots. And that's not fun either. Let me tell you, but that's oh, I, the way I, it is. No, but thank you. And and I'm just to, to, to give you an example with my mom, when she was diagnosed, uh, we got, we got lucky the, the uh, endocrinologist uh, doctor that we had mm -hmm. her on. Mm -hmm. He so he, he was a, a great doctor. I, I salute him from here. And, and, and what he did, I worked at a hospital. So we worked actually in the same company and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, I was on the insurance side, he was in the hospital side, but, but, but he was like, we, we practiced, we worked with him. And when I introduced him to mom, he just said, listen, she can go on the metformin and stuff, but you know, it's only gonna, you know, delay the, uh, the, the obvious. So we're going to get her on the insulin, you know, early on. So that mm -hmm. will actually give her better longevity mm -hmm. of health and stuff and, and mm -hmm. really work her body better as opposed to destroy her body faster. Mm -hmm. And, and actually that did work eventually mm -hmm. it took, I mean, plot 32 years later and, you know, obviously she's still on insulin, but her dosage went up and up and up and she's not even taking the metformin as much as she did in, in the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so it shifted now, obviously she gained weight. I mean, she's much older mm -hmm. and, you know, of course, you know, when you're, you're hitting a, a higher age, I mean, just not as mobile as, I mean, the last couple of years, she hasn't been, you know, as mm -hmm. active as she used to be. So that also, and then you hit on those three, you talked about nutrition, mm -hmm. which is by the way, you're right in the seventies and the sixties, even in the 80s, the food was different. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It, this The stuff today is completely different from one. I mean, I, I have we have a, a, a dilemma, and we hear this all the time. I don't know if you hear it as well, but but anyone watching and listening, you know. Now, again, this show is worldwide, so this may vary by by, by land. You know, mm -hmm. But in the U.S. Mm -hmm. specifically, in, you know, mm -hmm. in our world, uh, Europe is a little bit different. And, and mm -hmm. maybe you go further down, you know, to the other side, it's probably less. But in the U.S., you'll see a lot more obesity than, for example, in Europe. But here's the thing, like, we have food at home. The fridge mm -hmm. is full. The cabinets are full. Mm -hmm. And it's got vegetables and the meats and stuff. And my kids will open up everything. It's like there's nothing to eat. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, literally, this is like a line we hear all the time. There's never, you know, Dad, can you get us some more stuff? Like, what do you want? Well, we want snacks. That's what the food is. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, these mm -hmm. chips and bags and cookies and stuff. That's what they 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 refer to as food, uh, and or you know, junk food, which will be like you know, like you know, fast food. Mm -hmm. You know, they want the McDonald's, the burgers, and the the fried mm -hmm. chicken and stuff. That's all. I mean, the, like I always I make a joke. You know, in about a decade or two, we're probably not going to have many you know menus in the restaurants other than fries, you know, nuggets, you know, tenders, mm -hmm. you know, hot dogs and pizza. I mean, that's really and and, and probably. Mac, you know, mac and cheese. Those are the elements of. Mm -hmm. And it, if you go to a mm -hmm. restaurant, I was in a restaurant about a week ago, and it was a nice, you know, it was actually Turkish food. Mm -hmm. And so there was a family in front of us, and then all of a sudden I see the kids ordering burgers. My son ordered pasta. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so so we have a pasta dude, you know, in a, in a Turkish food restaurant, which is you know much richer, you know, cuisine type of thing, mm -hmm. you know, Mediterranean mm -hmm. stuff. Oh and yeah. And here's another table where the kids are having a burger and fries. Now every restaurant has these on the menu because they know, mm -hmm. you know, the new generation not going to do it. They don't eat vegetables. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it. Like my son is. It barely eats any vegetables. It likes carrots. That's it. You know, fruits, forget about it. I mean, he won't even touch a fruit, you mm -hmm. know. And so so all the healthy stuff, they're not into it. You know, they're, even the meats, they like, oh, I don't like this meat. I don't like this one. It's very different. The other thing is we had a different lifestyle. You said it. People are from their screens. I don't think so much because the screen is affecting all this EMFs and all the stuff that that happens. Yeah, right. I think it's so. I think it's so much the fact that they just sit. They cut sit. potatoes mm -hmm. for, yep. for for hours and hours and hours, yeah. and everything is being ordered. They eat on the same spot, you yes. know, and and that's all there is. As mm -hmm. opposed to we played outdoors mm -hmm. and we sweat mm -hmm. our butt off all day long, mm -hmm. and you come in you from from dusk to dawn or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. the opposite, <laughs> yeah. you know, from the yes. daylight, you know, to, to, to sunset, you know, you mm -hmm. go out, you know, and really run all night, uh, I mean, mm -hmm. all day. And then mm -hmm. you come in only to, 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 to shower and sleep, eat and whatever. Right. Yep. And that, yep. that was a different lifestyle. So we were, mm -hmm. I was super skinny. I have pictures that I was completely skinny. I mean, really, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it was, it was just that, I mean, cause you mm -hmm. were super active. Yeah. Our kids yep. don't do that. They can't, and they gain weight quickly. And because of the nature of the food, it's, it's, and again, there's a lot of sugar stuff. All these things mm -hmm. are carbs and sugar and sodium, all the bad stuff for you. And it just adds up quickly. I mean, we're supposed to have less than a spoon of sugar, if any, a natural mm -hmm. versus like, you know, and now we eat all these, these sugars. I mean, Mm -hmm. You talked about the movies, your, your story, like when you were, you know, at that point and you went to the movies, everybody, mm -hmm. you know, is lured to the movies by popcorn smell. And then you go mm -hmm. in, it's like you have the, the Dutch, the milk Dutch, you have the Twizzlers, mm -hmm. <laughs> you have the standard, you know, the, the and yeah. then you have the drinks, right? Those come mm -hmm. handy. Now you get a big gulp of drink or mm -hmm. icy, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, 200 calories, you know, or, or actually a thousand calories with a lot of sugar. Then mm -hmm. you get your Twizzlers and God knows what that mm -hmm. they made. And they're delicious. I have to say, I used to be, to love them, you know, <laughs> you know, and then you have your popcorns and, you know, you, and you have your nachos. And by the time you finish, mm -hmm. you just got yourself 3000 calories and you've, mm -hmm. you lost none and you had a few meals. And what do you think? You're getting 6,000 calories. That stuff is just not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> so it, right. It, your insulin, your pancreas is going to just, mm -hmm. you know, be overwhelmed and, and do mm -hmm. stuff. Your liver is going to be overwhelmed. And stuff. Mm -hmm. you, you also talked about intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. That's detoxification. Your body mm -hmm. gets enough time to mm -hmm. relax, to deliver, mm -hmm. to work. So again, these are all the different things that, that we're supposed to. We need to detox. We need to eat, you know, healthy nutrition. We have to move mm -hmm. and have exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, if you did this, you should be good. Now, I love what you said about the diabetes concept that is more uh, than ever today because of mm -hmm. the lifestyles. And mm -hmm. it's only going to get worse.
Mm-hmm. And, and again, we, we can compare ourselves to Europe and that's that maybe Western to Western, if you want to look at it from a, from an advancement, you know, in terms of country, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and society and economics, mm-hmm. they are skinnier. Their lifestyle is different. You mm-hmm. don't see a lot of obese people in Europe, but mm-hmm. we have that, that here. Now, again, I'm sure someone is watching and listening. They might have a weight, you know, uh, situation. This is not putting down folks, you know. No, anyone, of course not. Right. This right. Is, this is just to be clear that we're just highlighting what's happening. And it is the real thing. You want to be healthy. And yes, weight does. It's going to affect you. And diabetes is going to be the first thing. If you gain weight, diabetes. Now, you said mm-hmm. pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the A- A1C is that, that measure mm-hmm. that uh, that's used. So you, I think mm-hmm. you have to be less than seven, you know. And when you get close to seven, that's pre-diabetic. And then you pass seven, you're in, 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 in <laughs> you know, the hot waters. And then it goes, you're, I mean, that's already like, you know, where you need to be. So we need to be in the five, four mark if you can. Now, a lot yes. of us, as you age, that's going to be a little tougher. And I'm not a doctor. This is because I have been you know, monitoring the, you know, my mom's stuff and talking to my doctor, you know, her doctor rather, we have the same doctor actually, but, you know, so, mm-hmm. and, you know, he gives me a little bit of explanation how this over mm-hmm. 30 years, I learned that some of these things, but the fact is that's what you need. So if your A1C comes in, you know, at closer to the six mark, whatever, you got to do some work, you know, and you can reverse mm-hmm. this. If you lose weight, mm-hmm. if you drop, drops back again to five, four and you maintain it, you should be fine, you know, but again, it's it's all monitoring, preventative, and doing mm-hmm. the right things. So thank you for 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 bringing that and sharing that. And but not everybody can reverse their type two diabetes either, though. Some people just genetically are this you know going to have it no matter what. But if you start eating healthy and start exercising, what we've talked about though, your risk of developing the horrible complications fall exponentially. That's why you know my A one C is in five six five seven depending now. It's good according to the oh, doctors, excellent. but but I'm on insulin because again, without insulin, I die. But the thing is, though, I could quit eating healthy and I'd go back up to the sixes and sevens. But why would I do that? I mean, so you really want to kind of play. And I look at it again with visualization. If I eat something that I know I shouldn't be eating or I don't want to exercise, then I visualize something bad happening, like my arteries are clogging or I will have my legs amputated or something like that just to keep me motivated. So I can use visualization even negatively to help me stay focused on what I'm struggling with that day. And, and that's why it's not a diabetes is so crazy. It's not one shoe fits all. And so you have to really figure out if you have it, what can you do to live your best life? Because even if you had a twin brother, say, for example, and you all had type one diabetes or type two diabetes, you're both body response totally different. So what works for you is not going to work for him, even though you're twins. Does does that make sense? And so you really want to figure out what works best for you. And I'm a huge believer in journaling, food journaling for a couple of weeks, writing down everything you eat and then how you feel, how you sleep, everything from how much water you drank. Because oftentimes we think we're hungry and we're just dehydrated. So just drink a glass of water and wait 15 minutes and see if you're still hungry. That's a good cue for people without diabetes. Now, if you have diabetes, you need to check your blood sugar. We're talking just general health now, you know, but there's so many things you can do. Drink a glass of water before you eat a meal and you're going to consume fewer calories. I mean, there's science behind that. So, I mean, just simple things like that, that you can do that everybody needs to drink water anyway, and just chug down a glass of water before you eat and watch the difference in how much calories you consume. Well, thank you. And and today's technology, I mean, you have like the Libra, you know, you you plug that in, 
you can monitor your sugar all day long and it beeps and you can scan it and you have so you don't have to wait until let's you know it crashes up or down i mean you as Correct. soon as it gets to a point you you know that you need to to get a pump or you need to get a food or whatever so mm -hmm. you have those things so we have all the advancement to to, to live healthier and, and by the mm -hmm. way thank you for clarifying the idea that it's not for everyone i mean everybody's going to have a different response but if we all did it correctly there's a mm -hmm. good chance you to your point your your kidneys are not going to be as affected your your mm -hmm. eyesight is not going to be affected because i can tell you this happened you know uh, at a point my mom's sugar was up and uh you know she started bleeding in her eye and she started mm -hmm. like you know literally for 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 a day or so that she had you know she couldn't see in in one part of the eye because of of the blood there and of course she mm -hmm. did the laser treatment and then that mm -hmm. that blood kind of disappeared and luckily since then that never happened again but but i can yeah. tell you that's just an example that i can share with you and people you talked about amputee you know uh, losing your leg and, and having mm -hmm. amputation those are like you know that it can happen with diabetes i mean it's, mm -hmm. it's a silent killer it affects a lot of the stuff and mm -hmm. you're right you know it, it, and then of course you know you have cholesterol you have you know blood pressure everything that call them the three stooges they come together as yes <laughs> as a, as a yes. triplet <laughs> uh -huh. you know uh, well, so so uh, Tracy, now you become a coach, wellness coach, basically. Mm -hmm. Was this specifically because of your stuff or that was, uh, you know, um, just like your ambition, like you just decided to help people? I actually fought it for years and years and years being a coach. I would coach people all the time and people were like, this is amazing. But I would fight it saying, oh, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. But I've been medically, I've been researching medical stuff for 47 years now. And I still research every day because I know it could help me and other people. And so I've been doing it full time now for about 20 years, but I've been coaching actually I actually had my first coaching client in the hospital when I was 17 years old, a man who has just recently been diagnosed with adult diabetes, and he didn't understand stuff. And so I started coaching him then. And we even worked after the fact, when I got out of the hospital, he and I still work together. And so I, I guess it's just, it's what gets me up in the morning, because I don't want people not to have hope. And when you realize how simple it is, it's not always easy, but how simple it is to start having energy and start feeling so much better. You're like, oh, I've got to do this. And my first book I wrote, my one of my doctors that um, heard me speak, he went and bought a case of my books. And I thought, but that's so interesting because he was skimming through it. And he said, this is what I tell my patients all the time. But it's based on layman's terms and what they what you do and what to do and so things like that and so you know i've i've written three books now my last book is longevity codes and it's based on how to live a longer healthier life because you know as i age and everybody's aging they want to live longer and a great example is it was just 10 people in this study but they did a study in a nursing home where 10 bedridden patients couldn't get out of bed for anything and they started doing just a little bit of weights, just a little bit of resistance training in bed. And when the study was over three months later, six of them were able to walk to the dining room. Three of them were able to take a wheelchair down to the dining room. And then that one last person, he was still in his bed. But the nice thing is, you know, as we age, isolation is so scary. But there were people, all but one was able to start going back to the dining hall just by doing simple things in a bed. 
And it's like, if they're 90 years old and bedridden, imagine what you can do at any age. So that's why the, the, the researching is just a natural fit for me because I need to know what's going on in the world. And I have for 47 years, but the coaching part is something that that's what gets me up in the morning. And obviously that's what pays the bills, but that's what really, when people realize how simple it is. And so much, so many people just need accountability. I need help with this. Can you help me? You know, and it's, we're all in this planet rock, you know, that rock together, this planet earth, you know, but what we do to help each other is what we need to do to thrive because it's so important to have better health, especially as we age. And especially when you don't want to be on the rocking chair on the front porch, unless that's what you want. And that's not what most people want nowadays. Well, thank you. And, and you know, and I, I love you. I mean, you said it, you started a long time ago, but you made this, you know, as your work. And you know what? It's funny because, again, yeah, you mentioned it pays the bills, but but it pays the bills and you have the passion for it. So now you mm -hmm. do it, you know, with pleasure and it's happening. Yes. You, just, you don't have to do it because you're obligated to. You do right. it because you love it and it's yes. really working out. And there is a pleasure also beyond just the pay piece of it is more yeah. helping people. You know, you're... Mm -hmm making, you know, changes to people's lives and giving them the hope and the opportunity to potentially live with vitality and happier and healthier. Now you, you have three books. I can see them, diabetes, mm -hmm. tragedy, mm -hmm. triumph. You have the, the right of hope and you have mm -hmm. the longevity code, you know, which you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Now, can you talk a little bit about the, like, what are the longevity codes? I mean, is there, is there like a system or, I mean, obviously I would recommend that, you know, people uh, do click uh, the link uh, of your website so they can actually get into, you know, the the books and, and, and find more. Maybe you can order them and things like that. But like, what are some of the highlights that you can share, you know, that are there? Cause, cause you said the doctors were impressed about, you know, and <laughs> because if it's layman, you know, terms, it's going to be easier to actually break down to people. Right. right? And the thing is, though, for me, I don't believe in anything that's not science based. And so I even have like footnotes with the research that I use in this book because it's so important because, you know, you've all we've all heard it. I mean, you've heard it, you know, take this pill and you won't have diabetes or take this pill and you'll lose 20 pounds. Those things don't work. And I call them snake oil salespeople. And I don't believe in that. So my book is based on this, especially the longevity codes is based on more up-to-date information, like autophagy with which you get when you have, you know, when you do intermittent fasting and so forth, the mitochondria and how important that is. I mean, it goes on in a lot of that kind of stuff, supplements, it goes into a huge amount of supplements, you know, without vitamin D, if you've been diagnosed with diabetes, have your doctor check your vitamin D levels because most people with diabetes are deficient in vitamin D. A vitamin D is a cure-all for everything. That's, I mean, it's so important and it's not a cure-all, but it helps your whole entire body work synergistically. And so there's all sorts of things on, you know, the perfect diet, which is a play on words because there's no such perfect thing as perfect diet, but, you know, talking about the Mediterranean, you know, keto, you know, stuff like that, you know, different kinds of of meal plans that you can choose and why they work and why they don't work. I mean, so it's a lot of based on just research on what works and what doesn't work and things to try, the importance of sleep, the importance of stress, how sugar is addictive. It's Sugar is more addictive than cocaine. I mean, that's when you hear about like, it's when you think drug. about it. Yeah. And you think more addicted than cocaine, but it's true. So, you know, when you start reading this and seeing these things and then simple strategies on how to get rid of that toxic, you know, 
you know, attention to sugar and then how you, you know, reverse back out of that sugar addiction and come up with a different kind of not addiction so much, but replace it. I'm all about replacement. Replace sugar with, you know, the processed sugar, you know, the donuts and stuff with fresh fruit, you know, especially strawberries and blueberries and blackberries. They don't spike your blood sugar very much and they're so filling and you're satisfied. So you don't have to deprive yourself. If you want a piece of chocolate, have a square of dark chocolate. Don't eat the milk chocolate. It's not as good for you. So that's kind of stuff that I talk about in the book. That, that those are that's great advice stuff, and you know, mm -hmm. frankly, I mean, you're right. You can substitute substitute things to to healthier, you know, mm -hmm. versions. I mean, we had a show the other day, and we talked about dates, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. there, and and, the, and my guess is like that tastes like it's candy, you mm -hmm. know, and it does. It's sweet, but it's natural, and and you you're right. Like vitamin D, magnesium, these are all supplements mm -hmm. that we mm -hmm. need, mm -hmm. and we. I think there is a study, or it's a fact that you know. 90% of people have a deficiency in, in, in vitamin D. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have enough sun and we don't mm -hmm. have enough of it in the food. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you, you need like 40,000, whatever units or whatever on a week just to, to, to pump it, you know, and it is, you know, you got to get the right stuff. So this stuff, of course, folks, you know, you need to to consult with, with a coach and maybe a nutritionist or dietitian. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Definitely always check out with your doctors or your primary mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, everything is aligned because you're right. I mean, you cannot be on some sort of medication and do certain diets because then mm -hmm. <laughs> that can mm -hmm. be bad for you. So always consult, you know, even when you do exercise, that's the other thing. You mm -hmm. don't just mm -hmm. get into some sort of right. exercise without checking. I love what you said earlier. You're doing your bike ride, but you still have to make sure that your insulin is with you. That's your partner, mm -hmm. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, uh, but, but it is, I mean, it's real. I mean, it's, this stuff is, is, is important. Well, well, listen, I mean, we've exceeded our, but it was, it was just, you know, terrific mm -hmm. stuff that yeah, we've covered. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to thank you, Tracy, for, for really coming on and, and sharing your story, your, your, you know, feedback, you know, in, in terms of like how to deal with diabetes and how to, really live, you know, a better life. And, and ultimately that's what it is. So I, I just want you to summarize to our audiences, maybe in one or two items, you know, a piece of advice that you really want them to carry with them for the rest of their lives and maybe share that, that, that torch with other people. Number one is don't ever lose hope. No matter whatever you're struggling with, don't lose hope. Find somebody that you can talk to. If you can't find somebody to talk to, Give me a call. I mean, you can't go without hope. Without hope, we have nothing. So don't ever lose hope. Find what works best for you. Get your blood work check checked. I mean, they'll even check magnesium levels and things like that to see if you are deficient. If you have problems sleeping at night, that would be the first thing I would do is check your magnesium levels. You know, your blood pressure starts creeping up. You know, make sure you have your blood, your magnesium levels are good. I mean, there's so many things you can do that you can help yourself right now with just a simple blood test that you can start making changes. But most importantly, don't ever lose hope. As long as we have breath, we have hope, and you can accomplish whatever you set your mind to. That, that, that's gotta make that's gotta make a real. <laughs> uh, well, well, Tracy, thank you so much for 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 joining us today and for bringing you know uh, all this this value. In, in, I mean, this is like the super value. I mean, here it's like you know we're getting the best of the best information, uh, and 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 you know some people say, well, what do you know about things? But I mean, would you? I, nobody can argue with you about this because you've experienced it for a long time, and you're showing it. I mean, you're you're vibrant. You're your vitality is there, your energy is there. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, everything that that someone would probably say, like, "Oh man, I don't think that works." 
you're proving, you know, that it works and it's been working and, and that's really what it is. So, um, Listen, folks, after this show, you, you know what to do, right? And by the way, this is not about whoever's watching. You might know someone. I guarantee mm -hmm. you that in your circle, somebody may have diabetes or be yes. potentially at risk. And so so talk to your friends, to your loved ones, and, and see if you see it bad, you know, uh, I guess uh, practice or behavior in terms of food, you know, and habits and things like that. There's, there's a potential. You might want to get, you know, a little discussion there, share with them the value, connect them you know, to the website, you know, where, where Tracy's coaching is available and, you know, whatever or whoever else that you feel. But the idea is that the help is there. You said it best. Hope is always mm -hmm. there. So there's, there's, there's always a way out, you know, and you can make it happen. Uh, so that's about it. Tracy, thank you so much for being with thank us. Thank you. I also, I also have uh, lots of free resources on my website because my gift is to help people have hope and what they can do for them, improve their health. Well, we're definitely going to check it out. So, <laughs> folks, you, you heard there, check those free sources. If it's free for me, we know that that that's that sentence, right? Well, check them out. You're not going to lose anything. Uh, and uh, your services are available worldwide or, mm -hmm. you know, yes. I mean, because yes. it's, it's all through the, the yep. yes, mm -hmm. Zooms and, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. So, that, so no excuse, folks. Doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> you can get the help and you can get the guidance. Mm -hmm. All right. Well. There, there you have it. So we're coming to the end of the show today. I hope you enjoyed this discussion and you've learned a few things. And definitely there's a resource here as always. And so I'm your host, Hurricane H. We'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic. Bye for now.